are gearing up for uh, death metal, which is the culmination of, man, it's been a lot of years of you building up yeah. to this story. And uh, I, I want to begin actually after death metal. As you're looking to wrap up this massive story, is there a part of you that just wants to go back to doing a monthly comic again and not worry about these giant machinations? Or is this sort of where where your brain is right now with comics? Are, are, are you really enjoying the giant macro stories? Well, I'm enjoying this one, but I can tell you that like it was definitely the plan that if, if we got to this one, like if metal worked well enough to be able to set this one up and... I sort of pitched the basic bones of this as the culmination of the story that began with metal when we pitched metal itself at New York Comic Con back in like 2016. Um, that it would be kind of the end of this period for me where I was doing big events like this with Greg. Um, you know, I, I feel as though this puts a cap on a story that we began, you know, in Batman, but really ramped up in metal through all of the kinds of. Um, narrative threads we tried to lay in different series you know through my great partners in crime on this uh josh williamson and james tynan and the idea that uh you know that we were working off these two themes one focused on the batman who laughs and one focused on lex luthor and that you know the lex luthor thread ran through the justice league books and the batman who laughs ran through the the um, gotham based books and batman superman and and that it would all kind of come to a head after hell arisen with this you know, we wanted to do something that would feel like you could look back and say, wow, they had this story planned and building and building cumulatively for three, four years, you know. And uh, and then when we got to the end of it, that would be as big as we could go and as kind of heartfelt and and uh, and as as epic a crescendo as we could make. And then we would sort of look for other pursuits after that. Or uh, Greg and I as a team certainly are, are looking for a different kind of format after that you know so we're looking to do smaller stuff you know we had a great time on, on last night on earth um so there are things at dc we still want to do there are things uh independently we we really have to do um that we're dying to do next as well so but this kind of this kind of like um you know uh focus on epic events this is definitely kind of we're going to take a break from it after this well, that's, I mean, that's probably good for your brain, just to give you, you know, a little bit more breathing room with, with all of this stuff. Uh, but I want to circle back to the idea of event comics. So one of the things that I do for Multiversity is I host a DC podcast, and we've been going back through all the events from Crisis on Infinite Earths forward and reading them. And it's it's been really fascinating to look back at sort of what the event comic used to mean what it evolved into, and sort of similarities between some recent events, some older events. So when you're prepping a huge event like this, how far back in the archives do you go? Do you go back to the big events and you reread them and you see what's what was there? Or do you try and go in fresh and not reflect anything that happened in the past? Oh, no. Well, this one is built on all those events. So I, I reread pretty much all the crises level events and then some that you know were successful, like um, Blackest Night, uh, things that weren't necessarily um, sort of universe changing, mm -hmm. but were uh, in the way that they were positioned. And I think it's really fascinating to me, too, to see the evolution of events starting as something I think that were there to kind of organize and clean up or correct course with the comic book line to becoming things that were also 
you know, meant meant to just be kind of giant tentpole moneymakers in ways. And and I think that the ones that have worked best, and I love, you know, the, the crisis events that we've done and, uh, you know, a lot of Jeff's stuff in particular, Jeff Johns as well, um, I feel like keeps it really focused on the point being additive, being something that, you know, isn't about a character dying or about um, a shock value uh, sort of disruption, but instead uh, refocusing on what our line should be about, what our heroes mean to people, and also um, correcting incongruities and then creating one or two big new things going forward that add story to the line and take it to a place that feels fresh. So for me, it's that. That's kind of the spirit of death metal. It's crazy. It's over the top. It's definitely kind of a singular vision. It's like me and Greg and, you know, FCO and Jonathan doing the kind of stuff that we love to do and playing like the big, the big kind of pyrotechnic concert. But that said, it's definitely a story about our heroes finding themselves in a DCU that's vastly scarier um, and, and that has come around so quickly they barely... Uh, had time to accept it as the new normal. So it's become quite personal in this state of affairs, I think, in the world for us, you know, as a team. And and ultimately what we're trying to do with it is really keep the focus on on fun, on having it be immersive and transportive, but beneath the surface of it and the skin of it, having it be exactly what we were saying. Like it's it's about top it's about sort of uh really drilling down into what why our heroes matter in moments like this in particular and sort of showing you where we want to take them going forward that respects the past and tries a couple of new things yeah you know it's it's amazing how sometimes the real world the real world influences the way you read something and i'm sure that for readers of death metal it'll be a vastly different experience reading it in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic versus if we had read it you know a year ago before that word was part of any of our uh you know vocabularies and so when you are tweaking this and i'm sure that you guys had most of this stuff handled long before this became a concern but as you're tweaking this is there the is there the desire to make it fit more into our current world or do you want to present it the way it was and just you know we're just going to read it differently but the text itself is no different no it's definitely malleable i mean i think it's less about making it fit the current world than it is about making it reflect the things that you care about as creators on the book at that time. So you're not trying to sort of catch the, the zeitgeist. It's more about speaking from the heart about the things that you're concerned about and to have a story uh, take the heroes on a journey that will make them show you, the reader, how to be brave in the face of these fears that have become so acute in that moment. So that's always been a bit of our compass as a team when we were doing Batman and then Metal and, and then here too. So with Metal, I mean, with Death Metal, I pitched it all the way back when in 2016. And I think a couple of the things that were in this ice were the election. And then on top of that, there was the the feeling of kind of divisive anger uh, everywhere and, and uh, our kind of retreating from the world stage in different capacities you know, for, for not just us, but for Great Britain. And there was this feeling almost of like, of, of, of tension and anxiety and anger everywhere. And I think metal was designed to say, hey, uh, events are meant to be over the top lunatic comic fun. And yet when you scratch the surface on something like Crisis on Infinite Earths or Final Crisis or 
uh, Infinite Crisis 2 at that moment. They're always about comics and about what we think our, our heroes should be representative of at that moment. But you see, you see a lot of, I think, the real world sort of fears uh, beyond the comics industry itself, but the creator's um, own um, hopes and, and sort of nightmarish, I think, worries filtering in through the, the words of the villains, filtering in through the, you know, the ambitions of the heroes. And so um, when we pitched the bones of this story, it was, it was a lot of the same stuff that's now become even more pronounced was there at the beginning. So we said, if we can get here, we want a world where the Batman who laughs has been given complete control over the earth and he rules over it with ridiculous amounts of evil Batman, some of whom are uh, meant to be sort of our craziest creations ever, like a monster truck Batmobile, you know, that has this that that has the spirit of Batman inside of him, to the robot dinosaur Batman, and then other ones that are extremely dark and real, terrifying reflections of the potential in Batman's own fears about himself, like the Robin King, who's a new character, who's one of the, the only Robin, the darkest Robin of all. The, we call them Groblins, actually, the little Robin <laughs> goblins. And he's sort of the only one that the new version of the Batman who laughs keeps around after uh, the events of issue one. So in that regard, uh, I think, you know, uh, the bones of the thing have stayed exactly what they were, but the message and what it was about has only become, you know, more, uh, more resonant with us because it was it was a lot of the stuff we were afraid of. You know, we were afraid of all of the kind of the worries about the industry, um, the industry, uh, you know, grinding to a halt for different reasons. Back then in 2016, we were worried about, you know, uh, comic stores. We were worried about, you know, finding finding a way through uh, having our heroes be uh, make sure make sure, making sure that they're fresh and yet relevant and yet true to core. So this story was kind of meant to sort of put them in a circumstance that feels almost like where they're wholly out of place. They've totally, people don't want them, didn't want them anymore. And now they have to find a way back from this, this insane sort of situation and context and show why they matter more than ever in a, in a way that reflects kind of all of their true uh, core uh, sensibilities uh, individually and collectively. And also, um, shows them in a new light and gives them some, some, I think, you know, makes, makes some of some aspects of them kind of fresh and exciting all over again. But um, I'll give you an example. Like, so when I wrote it, one of the big sticking points when I pitched it, like all the way back, not the original pitch, but when I, when we got closer to actually doing it, let's say like a year ago, because the story I wrote issue one for it almost a year ago at this point, and outlined it. All those summits, if you go back through my social media, you can see where we were planning it. It's like, because we were about to have, we were pregnant with Quinn, who's now over one year old. And Bob Harris and Marie Javens and Josh and James would come to my house because I couldn't travel to the West Coast. But you can see, like, that's what we were here planning. I mean, you know, from the little hints and the things on the whiteboard and the things that we said on social media and, you know, all that stuff. So, uh, it's been around forever, but so one of the things that was a sticking point with DC was I really wanted a page one where Sergeant Rock addressed the audience, and uh, and you don't really know what the situation is, and there's kind of a joke and a twist to it when you get to the final page of the first issue. Um, so it, it makes sense in a very weird way, but it's but I wanted it to be like this weird f fourth wall break where he's talking to you, the light the light goes on, and he's in some kind of bunker. 
and you hear other heroes in the background, but he's staring at you and there's just like just a bare bulb and ammunition behind him. And he's like, listen, you know, he was like, I knew you'd be here. Let me tell you. And someone's like, who the hell are you talking to, Rock? You know, there's nobody there. You, that hit you took out on the field. You know, it's it's making you see things. And he's like, well, maybe I am seeing things, kid. But, he, you know, and he's really it's one. I love writing these kinds of like chew up the scenery <laughs> like <laughs> character moments. And he's got five, like three cigars and a giant <laughs> space machine gun, you know, and he's like looking at you and it says rock on his helmet. And he's like. He's like, let's be honest with them because they better know what they're getting into with this one. And he's like, you know, it's a it's a it's a shit burger out there. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, and he's like, it's worse than that. It's like you pulled up to the drive through and it's this long story. Greg almost killed me over the wording. I had to the letter how much lettering it was. I had to like pull it back. But he's like, you're at the drive through and out comes your burger. I'm one of them fancy French buns. You know what I mean? It's just what you wanted. And then you take a bite. What is it? It's a turd, you know, and he's like, and them fries, you know, and he goes on and on and on. And uh, finally, he's like, and all of it happened so fast, like we didn't know what, you know, we didn't even know what to make of it. But I'm going to tell you, listen to your Uncle Rock, like what we're going to do, you know, and it's this pep talk. But what it's really about is it was always going to be something that was designed for fans and to say to fans and retailers, like, look, it was good. We knew it was coming out now. We knew it was going to start to get crazy with everything from the election to whatever was happening and we wanted it to feel like hey listen we're comics are going to be all over the place people are going to be you know worried about the state of them everything's you know let's let's show them we're still here we're going to have some fun and secretly the story is also you know about how we all get through this together and so um it was designed that way but the crazier things got the more the more that dialogue really rang true for me and so you know i tweaked it to really I think take out not all of it's still the exact same kind of jokes about the burger, but to make it a little bit more direct to retailers and fans, you know, because sure. what, what he really says is what we mean, which is he looks out there and I realized the point of why he's excited when he looks out is he says, you're still here, you know, and he, he said, I knew you'd be here. But now he says, you're still here. I knew it. I knew you would be. And he says, because when I look out there, maybe I am seeing things. But what I see are soldiers, you know, and he says it's the best kind to the kind of stay. Yeah. And that's, you know, and we mean it sincerely. So we're very grateful to everybody showing up. We got the initial numbers on it and they were way higher than we expected. So, you know, we were, they were basically double what we were expecting. Wow, that's and awesome. it's, it, that's where we were, you know, with, when, with initial orders, when we did an event before COVID. So the idea that, you know, uh, everything is returnable and there, there are levies for it. Sure. You know, like there, there are different levers to pull, but but ultimately, like the fact that, you know, um, we're hearing from retailers about how high the demand is from fans calling the stores means the world to us because we want to give you something here out there. Everybody that says to you, thank you, that that shows you how fun comics are, that unites all these different threads, not just from us, but unites Doomsday Clock, Crises, all kinds of stuff that we feel like were great stories. But, you know, um didn't get pulled into the main i think it's our fault at dc like let's just talk frankly because you know we're all fucking stuck at home and why not right you know and dropping the 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 unicycle and the torches and all the kind of stuff that i you know pt burnham everything all the time and say like we didn't do the best job we could have the last couple of years fine you know there are a lot of people that in a lot of ways it's great to have everybody siloed and doing stuff that's really uniquely theirs but in another way, there's a way of doing that and having a balance where stories that are supposed to be reflective of one another 
acknowledge each other. And you do feel like if you want it to be a unified universe, you can read in such a way that you're moving through like a tapestry in this beautiful way. If you want to read things that are singular, like Mr. Miracle, you know, you can read that and it's singular and works on its own. But those of us who are working within the main universe, I think myself included, sometimes dropped the ball in terms of making sure that we coordinated enough that it made you feel like you were in one single, awesome, inclusive universe. And so this event is meant, like the post-it on my computer for it, is It All Matters. And that's the title of the first chapter of the event itself, spoken by Diana, you know, to the robot Batman dinosaur. <laughs> but um, the, uh, and that's what it is. It's meant to reward you for your many, many years of dedication to these characters, to DC, to us as creators. Uh, and if you're just coming right in the door and you've never read anything DC, it's designed to be a fun first entry point as well. So we just want to say thank you, you know, to everybody coming in and picking it up and showing you why this universe, these characters are not only have been great for, you know, for decades and decades and decades, but why they're even more, I think, um, relevant right now than ever. Yeah. I mean, I know speaking to somebody who's been reading monthly comics, you know, for 30 years to have to have this big break without the regular grind of comics has been really weird for me and for a lot of us. And so I know we're all looking forward to getting back into that and having an event like this kicking that off is going to be so cool. Um, I did want to ask you about, you know, I know and I'm not looking for behind the scenes dirt anything like that but I do know that you know there was a big editorial change in the middle of this with Dan DiDio yes. stepping away and I know you had said in a prior, prior interview that that sort of changed the the context of the story so you know give us a little bit more about that how did yeah. Dan stepping away change the context of the story a bit well let me just say first of all like Dan remains a good friend of mine and he was my biggest champion when I started at DC in terms of he was the one that signed off on giving me all of detective comics when I was barely anybody. I had three issues of American vampire out when I got the chance to do the black mirror and pick the artists that I wanted for that book when I had no business doing that, you know, I was <laughs> totally green. And then he was the one that allowed me to, to, you know, uh, do court of owls as a 12 issue series. I mean, all of that stuff at the time, there was a lot of resistance because Black Mirror was a 12 issue series. You know, what if people hate it? It issue three. You're stuck with it for, you know, nine more months. Uh, anyway, same with Court of Owls. So there was, he was always, um, you know, like my, uh, uh, my, uh, my uh, big supporter at DC. And he defended a lot of our ideas, I think to Warner brothers uh, as uh, they moved to the West coast and all of that. So, we definitely had our creative differences as we both laugh over and, you know, we had total knockdown drag out fights at times as everybody can, <laughs> can confirm. But that said, um, they were always about story and I have tremendous respect for him. And we just spoke, I mean, we speak, we still speak quite often in texts and everything. So I have nothing but gratitude for Dan. Um, I think what I was trying to say with that and what I'd say now is that sometimes there were directions and things that he was excited about for DC or for the line that fit perfectly with what we had been planning on doing for a long time. And so, with metal, for example, or with Batman, for example, 
you know, and he was, he would, he would attach as much as he could to things that we were doing. And there were other times where he had a creative vision that we were supportive of, but there wasn't really a connection between what we were doing and, and what was being planned. And so that was always fine as well. And he always still supported what we were doing and we supported what he wanted to do. So with metal, I think death metal had been planned for so long. I mean, we had it, Again, all you have to do, like the footprints are all there in terms of when we were building it. And you can just look back through the comics themselves, through the story and see it's nothing that, was, you know, you couldn't reverse engineer it now to see you go back and you look and you see this is for better or worse. This was the plan we had from the beginning. That said, there was a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of change that came to the timing of things that I think helped at times and then hurt at times, like things like Year of the Villain got stretched out, things like Hell Arisen got compressed. And we had a different plan for how it would build a story. But, you know, that that's comics. That's what happens. And there's no hard feelings with any of it. I'm, you know, I'm very happy with how everything came out. But um, with Death Metal, I think at a certain point, some of the plans that they had uh didn't really connect to what we were doing or saying with death metal because it, it just seemed out of place. We seemed out of place. And so it became something where we were going to do our story with the full support of them, with of Dan and everybody there, but it wasn't necessarily going to set things up so much as it was going to sum things up. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like kind of connect everything from the era before. So a new era could start in a different way. And that's fine. You know, we were totally up for that. Um, and then as things changed and Dan uh, exited, uh, they're looking for a different direction, I think, for, for the line. And it happens to be a little bit more confluent with what we were trying to do with metal, um, easier to set up and more, you know, I think just as like any COVID would change, changes everything, obviously, I think what we were asking of people on one side of all of this is different than what you would ask on the other side. Meaning I think people on the other side of all this are going to be very excited to get back to comics in a way that celebrates the fun, celebrates the um, inclusion, celebrates the, the, you know, the epic quality of them and the heroism and the, the villainy and in ways that kind of, it's almost like, you know, not comfort food, but, going back to basics but doing it in a way that really also adds a few very fresh elements you know sure. and sure. so because of that and because of so we're asking so much of anybody right now spending any disposable income on comics i think that's the that's really become the north star for us is to remember that and that that's very much what metal you know as a summation of what came before is about and what it points to going forward in its own way so it was very easy to then hook it up to a lot of things that they're editorial is talking about now and to help architect some of those with them as well so it just happened to fall that way and i think instead of just being kind of a cap to what came before now it's also a launch pad for things that are coming on the other side which is a lot of fun you know i mean i i love i love the people out there and i love dan and you know this isn't pr like i like i said we had tons of fights about many many things with a lot of four-letter words but we always respected each other and um you know i i i was in full support of what they wanted to try and do before and i'm excited to be able to be in full support of it and also a part of it now yeah that that's awesome you know and uh as somebody who's been reading your work you know since the beginning i can't wait to see where this all wraps up i, I got one more question for you and I, i'm gonna put you on the spot here i want you to talk about one moment that won't spoil anything but one 
of the crazier moments from the first issue of Death Metal? What's the panel that's going to blow people's minds? It's the it's the last one. I can't I can't. But there's there's the moment <laughs> like the second to last page, and then the last panel of the last. No, I, it, well, there's there's one there's the coda page, and the coda page isn't gonna shock anyone except it'll make them laugh it's the it's the wrap-up of the sergeant rock beat that i told you in the beginning sure, and there's yeah. a surprise there's a fun surprise there but i'm trying to think what i can actually spoil for you like in a fun way that wouldn't uh i think, I if, think if we didn't know about t-rex batman that would have been the moment right yeah i'll tell you i'll give you another another there's the living city batman there's the t-rex batman dark side batman he's one of my favorites uh, he's called dark father um there's a there's a cthulhu batman called bathomat who uh who looks over aquaman who's forced to run the black fleet there's harley riding she rides a mutant hyena around the wastelands and Dr. Arkham watches her, who's a Bruce Wayne that um, has all these man bat, these creepy looking experiments that follow her around. And um, I would let me try and think like, you know, I think you've given us plenty the, there, Scott. OK. All right. OK. I'll tell I don't you, want you like, to spoil like, the whole issue. <laughs> I will tell you. Uh, yeah, there's it really it, you'll see by the end of the issue how, how big we want to go you know so awesome i i'm excited for people i i hope they enjoy it we really put everything we have into it and we want to i think our priorities hopefully are we're, what we're trying to do is do make a comic that we would love to read in these times and that's that's what i hope i hope people find with it 